0: What is up guys and welcome to the Meeple Mindy podcast, the podcast where we talk all things table top gaming. My name is Jason and I'm James. How are you doing James? Not too bad mate, not too bad. Good, good, good. It's been been—it's uh, been an interesting couple of weeks. Yes. I think by the time this comes out, the, the events that we're talking about would have been about two, three weeks ago I because we're recording batches nowadays, which is great. Um, but yeah, we missed a week, didn't we? We, uh, we, we did. missed a week of recording because I had few issues that i had to deal with yes couple that with the fact that it was roasting hot i was in no fit state to uh to be sitting and recording and editing so we skipped a week on the on the releases uh which i still apologize for but you know personal life comes first but anyway apart from that james how are you how have you been oh,
1: i'm very good thanks jason
0: yeah, as, um, has personal life been treating you yeah oh, not too bad a- apart from one thing
1: yes apart from having to get my car fixed Yes, yes.
0: You had car issues this time. I did was It wasn't, have... wasn't work issues, it was car issues this time. Indeed. Uh, how is it all fixed now? All it good? is all yeah. sorted, all good. Uh, at least you've got it fixed and you've finally managed to come over and we've actually been playing a game this evening. We guys. have played a game this evening. It though. feels like it's been way too long. Because we didn't play at club this week, because I have my son this week. So, you know, parent duty, not really able to play the games that I want to play. Uh, But we've managed to squeeze in a game this evening. We have. And it's actually, ironically, the game we're also going to be talking about.
1: I know, it's almost like we planned it, Jason.
0: Well, I don't think we did. It's just it's a nice quick game to get in before pressing the record button on this here. (laughs) Lovely device. Uh, But yes, we played the game Project L. Uh, How have you enjoyed it? I really like this game. Yeah, spoilers. James <laughs> likes it. I
1: do like this game.
0: This, I mean, that's a good thing, because now we've given a little bit of a spoiler away, so that the listeners can now spend the whole episode not listening to a thing we say, but they try and figure out what your Meeple rating will be. Yes. So we can say whatever we want. But yes, should we dive straight into talking about this game, James? Let's do it. Awesome. Let's do it. What is Project L? Well, Project L is a fast-paced open drafting and tile placement game released by BoardCubator in 2020 or 2021. I think the listed release in 2020 was actually when the Kickstarter was, but I think the game was released in 2021. The game is for one to four players, aged eight and up, and has an estimated playtime of 20 to 40 minutes. And at the time of recording, this game, James, is available in retail for 20 minutes two pounds in project l players take three actions per turn to draft tiles use your collection of acrylic air quotes tetris shapes to complete puzzles on your drafted tiles and you can also upgrade or downgrade the shapes that you have doing so uses an action but with the ultimate aim of completing the greatest number of point scoring puzzles and scoring the most points at the end of the game that is the basic rundown of project l James, what comes in the box when you buy Project Hell?
1: Okay, Jason, in this box, you get 32 white puzzles, 20 black puzzles, 90 play pieces, and four player mats.
0: That has got to be the quickest components you've ever
1: done. Yep, four lines.
0: Wow. Okay, so I was hoping to get a cup of tea during that, but off the bat, this game appealed to me on its theme, because let's be honest, this is all but Tetris in modern board game form, isn't it? pretty much i've had the tetris music playing in my head constantly every time i play this game
1: i don't find it as soul destroying as tetris (laughs) because i was never any good at tetris you know the fact that you know the pieces drop down from above and they get progressively faster um but yes the pieces are tetris shapes and you're just trying to solve the puzzle in front of you but you know you're not going to get the pieces speeding up Maybe that's like a house, or maybe we should just introduce somebody throwing the pieces at you.
0: <laughs> that would be interesting, yeah. Getting progressively faster. Yeah, just as the ra- time ra- random
1: <laughs> ones. I don't even need that bit. Tough, it's the one you're No, <laughs>
0: Now, that would be actually quite interesting. I'd be up for trying that, especially if I'm the person throwing the pieces. <laughs> you know, as we're talking about components, I'd like to talk about the quality because the actual shapes that you get the tetris shapes are i I, I believe they're acrylic um and you know i I don't know if this will come out on 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 the thing but you get that lovely you know that's just two pieces now imagine a whole bag full of these things yep it's lovely (laughs) it just screams quality to yeah
1: I, i i do like the um the components uh in this game you know the acrylic pieces are nice the um the actual puzzle tiles which look like coasters yep Um, are nice like double punch board. They are. They're dual layered. Oh,
0: I love it. So the
1: pieces actually slot into them, which is is a must for this game.
0: I mean, you say it's a must. I mean, they could easily have just printed these on card, couldn't they? And you could easily put them on top. But having that dual layered aspect where they are put in place and then they stay
1: there is pretty damn good. I I would say it's a must. If this wasn't dual layered, I would mark this game down (laughs) severely for that. But they are, so it's all good. Yes. The uh,
0: the actual individual player boards, now they are just printed on card. However, they've done a very good job with it. I think they're very nice and clean. Yep. And that's one, again, another thing I'd like to say about this game. When it comes to the components of this game, you've got the player boards and the tile, you know, the draftable tiles. They are black and they are white. They are very clean, You know, very modern styling, which really makes the brightly coloured Tetris shapes hop on the boards and i think that's a really really good design choice while a lot of people might look at it i mean i'll I'll bring in the box art at this point the box itself is very unappealing like if i didn't know what the game was you know the the box front is is black with project and then a 3d l behind it on it it's very very bland however once you get into the game Mm. that modern art clean styling i guess is the best way of doing all
1: Modern Office, yeah. actually. This modern, is office. modern
0: Office. yeah. It looks so cool. Um,
1: but yeah, I'd like to go back to the player boards for a second because, yeah, everything you need to know is on that player board and yes. it's really well laid out as well you know even down to the positionings for your puzzle yep. yep. your victory pile, everything is in front of you all your actions are listed in front of you yep. I, I think that's really well designed
0: yeah incredibly well designed and you've obviously got the different levels of tetris pieces on there yeah which levels which because obviously as we said there's upgrading and downgrading it makes it very simple for anyone playing this game and if you're teaching this game it's as simple as right james you get three actions All three actions you can do are written right there on your player board. Yep. And they tell you what each of those actions do, what you can and can't do with it, what the pieces do. There is very little teaching to this game, and I love that. So, you know, graphic design on this game is fantastic. I cannot fault it at all. Um, As I've said, visually, I like it. It's a nice eye-popping game on the table. Doesn't take up too much space on the table, which is another great thing, Yep. especially at a game that can go from one to four players it would have been cool to maybe have the additional two game boards so this could be a one to six player game but I, I think we'll have a discussion about gameplay later as to indeed where this game sits perfectly but yeah component wise if i was giving it a rating out of 10 i can't fault it at all i, I, I genuinely i'd be hitting the 9 slash 10 out of ten on components so that that's my two pennies worth on the components james you got anything else you want to
1: say no i i think we've covered the components quite well there Josh. nice
0: well let's talk about the gameplay indeed that's, that's let's do it bit. what do you think about the gameplay james on the whole
1: i think it's really good i do have a few things to say though but we will get to that
0: Ooh, okay interesting um all right well i'll, I'll start off with uh, a couple of things that i like about the game shall we so first and foremost i've already touched on it a little bit could this game be simpler to teach no no it can't it's that easy this is the simplest game i've ever taught in my entire gaming career i love this game it's definitely going to be one that i will teach quite a lot i love the open drafting of tiles during this game so for, for context of how the table will be set out, you have two piles. You have white back tiles and black-backed tiles. And you'll have a pile of each of those and then four face-up on the table in front of you. On your turn, you can then draft from those face-up tiles. Every one that you take gets replenished straight away. And of course, every one you take, that's an action. So that's the basic board layout. I love that open drafting mechanic. This is where I, I start to point out the differences because in a two-player game, I love that mechanic because it adds the tension. It adds the the whole thing of going on in my mind of I really want that tile, but I don't really want to waste an action on it right now. But James could well be looking at what I've, you know, what pieces I've got and which ones I could complete really quickly, and then take that away from me, which could cost me points. It could cost me extra pieces. Whereas in a four player game, my mind switches to. Numbers. It's like, well, what's the likelihood that that one is going to get back to me if I don't take it now? Yeah. But if I do take it now, I can do this. You know, and that's where I think this game is is brilliant. I find that this game changes with the different player levels. What about you?
1: Yeah, it does. I'm not actually a fan of this game at the full player count of four. Okay. Okay. Because as much as I like the random drafting, unlike the actual game tetris where the difficulty scales mm. this doesn't it is completely just shuffle the pile and you could end up with some really really hard puzzles when all you've got is a single piece and a double piece yeah to work with i i kind of get the feeling that they should have somehow been cuz that they're, they're they're face down in the pile on the other side there should have been a difficulty marker and you separate them into three piles like easy medium and hard and then shuffle them in that age so that the puzzles get progressively harder as they come out, mm. but don't completely screw you over. Okay. Like, the one time we played a four-player, I was player four. Yeah. So it took me three rounds to get out of the gate because just because of the sheer randomness of the way they came out. Yeah. Because I, I could literally do nothing with the two pieces that I had.
0: Yeah, I mean, the game that we played just before going live today, the, the first draw we had was... It was horrific. a stinker and, yeah. and I I made the mistake because I immediately took three knowing full well that I wouldn't be able to complete them and was hoping that the, you know, on my next round that there will be a fourth one that I could take and complete that and start getting bits to, to fill in those others. But that's the key thing here is you do have to remember you can only ever have four tiles in front of you. Yep at any one time and by me taking 3 for a good 3 or 4 turns I was really on the back foot and was starting to panic as I saw you were t- you were starting to pile I, up yeah. points I I, was, you were run- getting I was running away with it
1: and you know you won it by about 3 points but it took you forever to get going
0: I think all of the the points that I got all came in the last two, yeah. two three rounds That's right. It's
1: it would be my my niggle with this game is there should be a way to scale the difficulty of the puzzles and like so that you've got a pile of easy he says mm. in inverted colors and then medium and then you know as they come out you know they're going to get progressively difficult yeah. but you're not going to end up with a complete stinker on the first draw that everyone's looking at going i've got two pieces that requires at least eight to finish it
0: yeah i mean mm. I, I can i can understand you know that. i mean obviously they are split in in a certain way because the black cards are Yes, substantially harder. They harder. Will require either bigger pieces and or more pieces. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree. Like the white stack is quite substantial. And yeah, they do get shuffled. But as you said luck of the draw says eventually you're going to get some real stinkers that come out in that first round yeah it's just and a, a again, mechanic there's of too much luck there yeah, really a
1: mechanic it? of some way to push at least a few of the easy ones to the top so yeah. it's like you know you're not going to get completely shafted <laughs> on the first draw and it's like you might actually be able to get going
0: i liked the uphill battle <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i really enjoyed the uphill battle but yeah, yeah.
1: And this is why it's a lot easier to overcome that problem in a two-player game. In a four-player game, it can be merciless. Mm. I got I think I got about 10 points in that four player mm. game because it was just I could never get going and the ones that I needed are obviously going to get drafted out way before yeah, I get you, a chance you did to not get have,
0: them. Uh, I mean you actually completed quite a few puzzles but I think the problem really with that one was you were getting the puzzles that didn't have points but they had the bonuses of getting more pieces Yeah. so it was kind of like well I can see what you're doing you're building up the pieces so that you can complete those bigger puzzles that get you the points but it was too little too late I think because yeah. there was someone in the game which actually is going to segue me on nicely to how this game runs they were just hitting those black black tiles constantly hitting the black tiles hitting the black tiles now the game length here james yeah is interesting because there is no set amount of rounds it's all based on the black tiles yeah so the second that last black tile gets flipped over that triggers the end of the game so you finish that round so yeah. that everyone has a, an even amount of turns then everyone gets one more round and that's
1: it another thought i'm having though the higher player counts so you get four of each puzzles is potentially to scale that with the amount of players so yeah four black and four white at a two player four black five white at a three player four black six white at a, at a four player just so that there's a couple more
0: i mean i guess you could do that yeah you could that, do that's that that's another
1: way to do it rather than having them random because she just gives you it is this game is like as you said in the when you were talking about it it's Screams hate because it's a draft mechanic it's hate drafting to so an experienced player whoever is at the back of the queue basically whoever is player four can be completely stuffed yeah
0: i mean I, I would say that i i've not found it at any point to be so hard like even if i have been deliberately blocked from getting the easy ones that i i could have completed very quickly it it, it may take me okay one or a, one extra action or maybe two extra actions hmm. to do on top of that so it's not Like it's the end of the world, but.
1: It's like, in a. Again, it's not a problem at a two player to be, but in a four player, it's because you have to. The only way to get yourself out of that to do the slightly more difficult ones right at the start is okay, I placed my two pieces. I have no pieces left. So I have to take a level one piece. Then I have to upgrade it to a level 2 piece. Mm -hmm. If the level 2 piece isn't good enough, I've got to spend another action to upgrade it to a level 3 and it's another round.
0: So, I mean, that leads us on nicely to really talk about strategy. Like As I've said, I have seen players go for the strategy of just hit those blacks to end the game as quickly as possible. Because obviously, if you're hitting the blacks, you are getting those higher points you know on a quicker basis but you're also having to spend more actions filling them in our the game we've just played ironically it wasn't on my mind to do it but as it turned out it turned out that the strategy i'd employed in that game was to hit the small ones getting one and two points here and there whereas you were sort of doing a mixture of the two you know you were doing the blacks but you were also doing the whites
1: so my strategy in that game we played was hit the blacks for the points, the whites I was going for were the ones that give you pieces. Mm. So I mean that, again that's another
0: strategy. You could be going for the ones that are giving you different pieces, you know because usually if it's giving you points and a piece it's usually a very basic piece Yeah. whereas if it's not giving you any points it will usually give you an an obscure piece that you might not be able to get any other way.
1: Yeah, well you can get it right. The whole point of those ones that yeah, they give you points but a basic piece is it's expecting you to upgrade that piece. Yeah, exactly.
0: So would you say that the game has strategy to it, or is it a real luck-based game? With oh, very de- little strategy.
1: There is definitely strategy to it. It is a game that could also very much suffer from analysis paralysis.
0: I I would say that there is a risk of that in in the game. Again, I've not seen anyone that has. Yeah. Really had that issue. However, there are certain times it gets back to your turn and you're just sort of like, I've got three tiles in front of me. I've got these spare pieces, but one of those pieces I need on two, on two different puzzles. Which one do I do first? Yeah. Because if I do this one first, it's going to give me this piece and then I can do that one after, which will then, you know, I can then finish on the next turn or whatever.
1: Yeah. And do I want to complete these or do I want to grab more puzzles or do can I actually complete these puzzles? Do I need to start upgrading some of these pieces or yeah. downgrading? Because I think that's the other thing that I have seen people make mistakes on this one is assuming that the level one and level two pieces you want to get rid of. Oh, no. It's like, no, 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 no. no, no, I, no.
0: I mean, actually, to use the game that we have just played, I, there were multiple times I struggled because I did upgrade my level one piece to a level two and then I was stuck. That I needed a single cube
1: yep, and so, I had none. So I've got to use an action to get one. Exactly.
0: So, yeah, there is definitely strategy required in this game. But at the same time, I reckon you could play it without.
1: Oh, yeah, you could just random uh, your way I, through I, it. I,
0: I don't think that you would be playing at a disadvantage if you were playing without a strategy. Because, I mean, we refer back to the very first time I played this game with you, James. Hmm. You had no idea of how the game played. You ultimately agreed with me afterwards that you just didn't have a clue what was going on, yet you won. Yeah. So there is evidence that you don't need a full-on strategy in this game, which I think is... Yeah. Or a very ridiculous. basic one, complete the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. It's all about points. Yep. It's all about the points. Go for the points, complete puzzles, and you're, you're golden. So is there anything else you want to talk about with the gameplay that you either do or don't like
1: no i think we've covered it all
0: yeah yep. so your, your main gripe with the game really is the whole scalability of, of yeah i think how it, the how the puzzles come yeah, out
1: it, that that's one of the things It's basically because it disadvantages the person in the last position
0: i mean i think i would Definitely agree with you. I prefer this game at a lower player count. This game thrives at a two for me. Two and and three players definitely is where I would like to play this game. I will play it at a four. It's still fun, but it really plays to my strategic desire to play at a two. Um, For me, the only real thing that I would say that I dislike about the game is also something that I like. Yeah, which is the the way that the black tiles work and trigger the end of the game yeah because if you get someone who does just hit them hard the game is over too quickly whereas if you get a load of players that don't even touch them and they completely drain the white deck first the game tends to drag on just a little bit too long
1: yeah it's like i said to sum it up it's at at the four players i just think this game unfairly penalizes the person in the fourth player position every game I've played with a drafting mechanic that works well drafting happens simultaneously yeah so no one is disadvantaged by it and the player order never changes that's the other thing so whoever is last is always last this is indeed very true
0: okay so final thoughts time James Mm. what are your final thoughts about Project L do you like it don't what do you dislike about it who would you recommend it for and is the game value for
1: money? So, like I said, on the whole, I really do enjoy this game. I think the actual gameplay side of it and the rules are very, very well thought out. I have that slight problem with the higher player counts just because I think it unfit unfairly penalises the person in the last player position. Mm-hmm. Easy things could solve that, like we've said. You know, either a couple more tiles so that they're not unfairly penalised, changing the player order every round. Yeah so that person is not always last. I,
0: I think one thing I would install, actually, that could potentially deal with that that issue is rather than replenishing straight away, yep. it gets replenished at the end of the player's turn. So if I if I pick one white, yep. it doesn't immediately get replenished because if it gets re- immediately replenished with another easy one, I'm going to take it. You know, that's the other thing that you could do is like, okay, well, I've taken two and the last two that are there are a bit meh, so yep. I won't bother. And then, you know, the end of my yep. turn two more get drawn out that might help
1: just a little bit yep. like i said there are lots of little things that i think could just solve it yep. so yeah like you i much prefer this game at the lower player count okay cool and who would you recommend it for uh i would actually recommend this to anyone it's got plenty of strategy to keep an experienced gamer happy mm-hmm. and to keep my working but it is stupidly easy to learn so mm. i rank beginner oh
0: this is lightweight as lightweight can be i think yeah yeah no that that, that's uh that's definitely i think i would agree with that like i i would recommend this game for anyone especially if you are into the lightweight styles of games uh even if you're into the old heavyweight games this game fits perfectly as a filler game it is a brain teaser it's a it's a nice brain teaser but it, it works nicely as a filler game for all levels it's also addictive enough that i found on multiple occasions we've played a game and we're even of this mindset tonight i believe i want to play another game yeah it's short enough like we knocked out a two-player game in what 20 minutes
1: yeah i i i I would add that i agree with that you know eight plus one to four 20 to 40 minutes yeah yeah
0: yeah i would definitely say 20 minutes easy for a two-player game and we weren't even power playing it you know it was Just a casual game, we were having a catch up because we haven't seen each other for a little while. So yeah, 20 minutes, spot on. 40 minutes for a four-player game, possibly. If it's brand new players, add on 10 minutes. But that's about it. It's still less than an hour for a four-player game. Mm. Really, really good. Addictive enough that you could then go, do you want to play again? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Really, really good. Easy to reset the game as well.
1: Is the game good value, James? £22, I think it's pretty good value. Spot on
0: yeah i again i can't quibble on the price i think at the time i bought it i paid something at 24 pounds but i checked the the prices today and the lowest i found them for was 22 pounds very good value for money definitely worth having it's gonna be a collection keeper i think for me because of the ease of play the the theme of it i mean the theme of it is is very very loose i guess there isn't really a theme it's a very abstract theme yeah. Style game. The closest you can put to it is this is Tetris the board game, while well, not being Tetris. But yeah, it's a nice little puzzle. I, I love it. So for me, I'm gonna jump in first with Ooh. my meeple rating. I don't think you'll be quite as high as me on this one. But uh for me, yep. Yeah, gameplay, great fun, easy and open to all players. Eight and a half out of ten.
1: Eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, I am gonna be a bit lower than you, Jace. I'm going to go for solid seven. Nice, because nice. it is a good game. The negative points are not enough to put me off it, but that four player bothers me.
0: Okay, well that's that's fair. Then that's why we all have our own our own opinions on these games. So I'm quite a bit higher than you on that one, James. But mm. I think the game is worth it. I, I do see your points on the those uh, the higher player count, but I don't think anyone should be put off.
1: No, uh, buying the game. For, those for, for that no play this game at three two or three it's amazing mm. i just i personally can't recommend it at four well
0: there you go have any of you guys played project l i know that uh this actually gained quite a good backing when it was initially on kickstarter i'd be interested to know if you feel like the kickstarter version was actually better than the retail version because there are a couple of additional rules i believe in the kickstarter version but yes let us know on any of our social media platforms facebook instagram twitter discord server links to those will be in our podcast description i think it's time to hand over to the man in the noosha, james yeah let's do it let's do it over to you paul i mean your
2: park isn't exactly exciting is it Petting zoos are fine and all, but there's not much else, is there? And they're all herbivores too. I mean, where's your big cats? Where's your carrion? Carrion? Oh, that's a name for birds that pretty much eat anything. Or mainly meat, like vultures, buzzards, eagles, hawks, etc. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, I know we don't like mentioning them. I said I'm sorry. It makes that wingspan deck a little thinner though. You want me to do that with this Ark Nova deck then, do you? Well, I may concentrate it a bit, and I certainly won't be building any Averys from now on. Do you want me to pick them out, or is it going to give you nightmares again? Okay, I'll get the news read, and I'll get to it, chat. Whilst I'm doing that, you can reset the board if you like. Anyway, talking of Ark Nova, the first story may be of interest. You know what to do, hit that button, chap. One story that did slip my net a couple of weeks ago from Gen Con was the announcement of Ark Nova's first full expansion. And I'm not talking about that map pack that appeared for sale there, but a full-blown expansion that will be titled Ark Nova Aquarius. As from the title, Ark Nova Aquarius, the expansion, will introduce multiple new water-based elements to the game, such as sea animals, that each have to be played in new special enclosures that must be built adjacent to water. Roughly half the sea animals in the expansion are reef dwellers, and whenever you add a reef dweller to your zoo, you trigger the ability of all reef dwellers in it. One fear of ours on the announcement, considering the amount of cards in the base game, and most likely in the expansion, was the dilution of the deck. This has been noted, and a new mechanic will be introduced, as all C cards will feature a wave icon, and whenever it's revealed in the display, you discard the first card in the row, or in essence wash it away, and then replenish. Whether this will cause a cascade is another matter, Seeing that one card you wanted being washed away under a slew of new cards appearing, adding to the association action will be a fourth university, the Breed Registry, and if selected, you can claim one of six special universities from the reserve that feature one research icon and one of six animal icons. In addition to taking the university, you reveal cards from the top of the deck and keep the first revealed card with an animal icon that matches your chosen university. As for action cards, four alternate versions, each with its own little twist, will be available. These action cards will be drafted at the start of play and replace two of the standard action cards, adding a little more asymmetry to the game. For example, a new action is the build action, allowing you to spend two money once per action to build over a water or rock space, with the upgraded side of the card allowing you to do this for free. Also, the animal action might allow you to ignore one condition on any animal card that you are playing when you have the chance to put two animals into play. With all these new additions, obviously new bonus tiles and final scoring cards will also be included to make the most of the water elements that are being introduced. Upper Deck, not usually one for positioning for the spotlight, had a couple of notable mentions from the Gen Con floor. Alongside upcoming titles for its ever-growing Marvel Legendary line with the Black Panther, Black Widow and Infinity Saga sets, was an unlikely entrant into the Legendary Encounters line. Joining the likes of Alien, Predator, X-Files and Firefly games is The Matrix. That's right, the call for all players to wield their armless sunglasses and black leather trench coats as they take on The Matrix Legendary Encounters. The matrix legendary encounters was being openly demoed across the tables at gencon showcasing the narrative through a series of acts that will thrust players down the path and hole of the white rabbit featuring different parts of the original movie and trilogy overall but if you were looking for movie transfer of artwork you will not be seeing the movie renditions of each character portrayed across each card The game features hand-drawn illustrations encouraging a different experience when facing the choice of a blue or red pill. Players will still see familiar characters such as Neo, Trinity and Morpheus, and not the Keanu counterpart. As a slight adjustment, players will be tied to their own characters, building a player-centric deck that supports the provided character's gameplay and special abilities. Cooperating against the system, with the chance to flex the perfect synergies across buying-in cards, perfect for each chosen character. With Ark Nova Aquarius making its way up the board game Geek's hotness list, another game that caught my eye that hadn't before is a game called Revive from publisher Aporta Games. 5,000 years after everything was destroyed, it's the last remnants of humanity that need to revive civilization. So lead your tribe and explore the frozen earth, harness its resources, recruit surface survivors to your cause, build factories with powerful machines, and populate ancient sites to relearn your tribe's forgotten technologies. Revive is a game for 1-4 players with asymmetric player powers, highly variable setup and no fighting or direct conflict. Playing through the 5 part campaign unlocks additional contents and once all contents have been unlocked, the game can be replayed indefinitely. At the beginning of the game, each player gets a set of citizen cards, a tribe board as well as a huge dual layered player board. The tribe board shows your unique tribe ability and the ancient technologies that you may relearn during the game. The dual layer player board is where you place your custom machines and upgrade your card slots. A main goal of the game is to reach and populate the large ancient sites. These ancient locations are randomized and as they are important sources of victory points, they will shape your strategy differently each game. So on your turn, you take just two actions. You play a card, you explore you can populate or you can build in addition you may use power to activate any number of your machines modifying your actions instead of taking two actions you may hibernate this will circulate your cards moving your played cards to your resting area and releasing the cards in your resting area back to you in addition you regain your used power so that you may activate your machines again the multi-use cards play an important role Each card shows a resource and a special ability. Playing a card in one of your top slots activates the resource action and in the lower slot you'll activate the special ability. You may install slot modules in these card slots and these are activated whenever you play a card matching its colour. So it's possible to find combinations that let you chain cards together, triggering several slot modules and abilities in one action. Building factories harnesses the power of the surrounding terrain. Advancing your marker on one of the three machine tracks, this may unlock machines that can be activated using energy. Reaching certain milestones lets you take an artifact from the main board. Each artifact boosts one of the three scoring categories on your personal scoring card. The game ends when all artifacts have been taken and the player with the most points wins. There is a great blog on the development of the game over on BoardGameGeek in the news section. The game itself will be on show at Essen this year, but no news yet as on a release date, although pre-orders are already up for it on the Matagot website. We shall be keeping an eye out on this in the future. I'm heading on over to crowdfunding. All these three are available on Kickstarter at the moment. First up is Space Lion by Solis Game Studio. It's for 1-5 players, 30-60 to 60 minutes to complete, 12 years and over, ends on Tuesday, September the 13th. There are alien armies on all fronts. Take command of one of four asymmetric armies in a huge battle, and deploy your units strategically and carefully. You can't possibly win all the fights on the battlefield, so choose which battles to resolve in which order, but weigh in on how it might affect your units and other battles. So in Space Lion, you are managing an army of seven cards. Each round, you will decide where to deploy cards to battle. Use your battle effects with careful timing to win the battle in as many lanes as possible. You can't win them all, though. The player with the highest strength in a lane wins, causing damage to the towers or bases of another player's connected to that lane. Destroy all enemy bases to win. Choose between four different asymmetrical armies with their own unique systems and concerns on the battlefield. Then choose a hero for your army. Each army has seven heroes to choose from which warp your strategy even further. You can pledge at £25 or $29 for a copy of the retail edition of the game with applicable stretch goals or upgrade to the deluxe edition of the game for £51 or $59 which gets you a bunch of upgraded components, extra units, game insert and posters, as well as any applicable stretch goals for the deluxe game. Next up is Tale Story, a reverse deck building game by Tale Story Games. This is for 2-4 players, takes 20-45 minutes to complete. For 14 years and over, ends on Tuesday, September the 20th. Tale Story is a reverse deck building game, Build your deck using other players' discard pile and force your unused cards to them. Each player takes on the role of a pet from one of three types. Canine, Feline or Rodent and Friends. Your aim is to collect achievements to win the game. Players take turns and do whatever it takes to draw the cards from their own deck as fast as they can to compete for achievements to win the game. Each player is dealt 15 event cards to make his or her own deck at the start of the game. Every time a player runs out of his or her cards, the player shuffles all the cards in his or her discard pile to make their deck again. He or she then chooses one card from his or her hand and puts it face down in front of him or her. This is called an achievement. The player who gets the fourth achievement first is considered the winner. Twenty-one pounds or twenty-four dollars gets the standard version of the game with all level one stretch goals, or thirty-four or thirty-nine dollars gets you the holographic version of the base game with all its relevant stretch goals. And lastly, it's Cobble Critters by Miller Holliger. This two-player game is for twenty to forty minutes to complete. Nine years and over, and ends on Thursday, September the twenty-second. In Cobble Critters, you'll duel another tamer for control of the cavern, a mystical space filled with powerful crystals. In the game, you build two decks, a critter deck and a special deck, and you can always choose which to draw from. Critters are your monsters, while specials are a grab bag of tricky hijinks, trinkets and rule-warping events. You reveal your entire six-card hand every turn, giving the game's card play a fast pace. A player's board is a grid split into two areas, the hideout and the cavern. Players prepare their critters in the hideout and then send them to the cavern to battle for crystals, a precious resource that functions as the score. Critters have stats used for battle and a star rank. Critters can be upgraded from 1 to 2 and then to 3 stars to power them up. They also have card text that grants them a wide variety of comboable powers, strategic positioning, clever deck building and a pinch of luck are key to victory in the caverns. Pledge just £5 or $5 for access to the digital print and play files for the game, including a PDF short story and wallpapers. Or, for a physical copy of the core set, including game board and tokens, together with access to all the digital resources, you can pledge at £34 or $39. Or go all out and grab the game, a custom neoprene map, pins, stickers, autographed cards, and of course those digital files, for £81 or $95. And we're on to local events, and why we say local is we mean local to ourselves here at Meeple Mind in HQ. Just a friendly reminder up front to my own group's upcoming day in a couple of weeks. Sunday, September the 11th, sees Mid Sussex Meeples making a return after our summer holidays. Yep, Sunday, September the 11th, we'll be back up and running at Cypress Hall, Cypress Road, Burgess Hill. RH158DX We run from 10am through to 6pm offering you 8 hours of gaming space for just £5 per head We have tea, coffee, squash for the youngsters or just the young at heart and of course biscuits to keep that mental energy up There's plenty of free parking at the rear of the hall in Cypress Road car park and you can check out midsussexmeeples.co.uk for any more information and a local map and as always, we're a bit awkward, and we start our weekly events off on a Tuesday. Well, we release on Tuesdays, silly, so it makes sense. Yep, Tuesdays as Worthing board gamers congregating down at the Dice Worthing store from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Location of the store is 24 to 26 Portland Road, Worthing BN11 1QN. Just £3 per head for the session with food, drink and with an alcohol license you can enjoy a bevy or three whilst gaming. Wednesdays has two groups running. If you're in the Crawley area, Crawley Gaming Community is being hosted at the comic shop 42 High Street, Crawley RH10 1BW. Gathering from 6ish onwards until close. just £3 per head there. Again, food, drink, and an alcohol license if you fancy some dizzy water with your dice rolling. Joining the Wednesday night groups, but a little closer to the coast, is Brighton Board Gaming, also known as Board Games at the Barn, run by designers Team Custard Kraken. You can find them at the West Dean Barn, Dean Vale, Brighton, BN1 5ED. They'll be running from 7pm through to 11pm. It's free for new attendees and £2 from there on in. Thursdays sees three groups running, starting with Worthing Board Gamers, pitching up to the Ardington Hotel, Steen Gardens, Worthing, bn 11 3 dz from 7pm. Those of you further east can try Lewis Board Game Club, the Trinity Gaming Cafe. The location being Trinity Church, Arbinger Place, Lewis, n 72 qa running from 7pm through to 11pm and coming back inland we have jake and chris welcoming you to dyson drinks in burgess hill address for them is 79 to 81 church walk burgess hill rh159bq entry is just five pounds for the evening for refreshments available for purchase in the shop Relieving, to some extent, that Monday feeling, is Crawley Gaming Club on Monday evenings. Running from 6pm over at the Tilgate Community Centre, Shackleton Road, Crawley RH10 5DF. Just £3 per person, with drinks and snacks available for purchase on site. Right, that's that for this week then. You all reset for another game of Ark Nova. Yeah, well I'm sure you'll get some positive points soon. you just got to jazz your park up a bit. Don't just fill it with rabbits, donkeys, and guinea pigs. I know you like them, but they're not going to score you a lot. Anywho, say goodbye to everyone until next week. And it's goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling. The card's shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week.
0: Thank you very much for that, Paul. Thank you guys for joining us once again for another Game Highlight episode. This week, we were talking about project l james how do we think this one went i think this one went well jason good good have you changed your mind about the game in the last i don't know 10 minutes no no i didn't think so <laughs> the question is james we're about to sign off here yeah, you know, in the next couple of minutes are we going to end up pressing the end of the recording button and then set up for another game that's the real question but uh next week i think is going to be a really really interesting episode because we have got another guest coming on the podcast haven't we James? Mm, Yes we have. I'm really really excited for this one I've been chomping at the bit to uh, have a chat with this young gentleman that's a little bit of a clue Mm. but you will find out who that is next week. Until then James time to say goodbye because my name's been Jason and I've been James and you've been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness and our special guest till then ta-ta goodbye.